After an accident, minutes matter. Your words and actions matter even more. You need help, and you need it now. This is David vs. Goliath, brought to you by Dolman Law Group Accident Injury Lawyers, a boutique firm with a reputation for going head-to-head -head with the insurance company giants and putting people over profits. Thanks for joining us. This is an episode from our back catalog, so the episode numbers and firm name may have changed. But this is quality information, so instead of scrapping them, we decided it was more important to make sure you still had access. Enjoy the episode, and listen to new episodes of David vs. Goliath at dolmanlaw.com. Welcome to the latest Dolman Law Group podcast. I'm Matthew Dolman, principal owner of the Dolman Law Group, here with Dr. Ian Rainey of Rainey Chiropractic and Injury Center. Say hello, Ian. Hello, everyone. Well, today we're going to discuss common injuries from automobile accidents that are related to the back and neck, and more specifically, neuropathy and radiculopathy. Kind of take the viewers and listeners through what radiculopathy and neuropathy are. So radiculopathy is going to be what we would call, you know, pathology of the um, of the nerves that's going to radiate specifically from from the spine. So if you've got pain uh, due to an injury in the spinal cord, that pain may it may radiate down to the extremities. So you, that could go into your arms, to your legs, to your feet, to your toes. And uh, and when we when we start to see that, you know, that's an indicator that there's something serious going on and it needs to be evaluated. So rather than a uh, you know a, a back injury or neck injury that's in a specific area, mm -hmm. you're feeling it actually correlate to numbness and tingling in your hands or your feet. What are those specifically related to? Um, they're going to be related to injuries to um, the nerves, either specifically in the spinal cord or uh, maybe compression of the nerves anywhere along along the way due to maybe muscular spasms or you know injuries from trauma during the automobile accident from the airbag or from the seatbelt or or something like that. When does it rise to being very serious? To the nature that you have to see somebody. Say that again. When does the injury arise to the point where it's so serious that you need to see somebody? Oh, now if we see somebody who's having like bladder incontinence or you know they're unable to you know to hold their bowels, then we know that's a medical and emergency. You've got to see the you know you've got to see a, a medical doctor, a, you know a surgeon. That's cauticoina, right? Cauticoina, correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and if I see somebody who has motor weakness or maybe the, you know they don't feel certain areas of the the skin, we've got these things called dermatones, and we're looking at different areas of the skin. And if the person has numbness or tingling in those regions, uh, we know that there is a you know there can be a correlation between certain uh, spinal segments. So there could be an injury along the spinal cord that we need to evaluate. So in other words, you have corresponding uh, areas that will. I better state it, it corresponds with the location of your injury. So yeah. for instance, if you have a neck injury at C1, 2 in your, in your spinal column, it's going to relate to specific digits in your fingers. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're doing the, we're doing certain tests, we may do orthopedic or neurological testing that will indicate that the, that there is an injury that could be, um, you know, uh, you know, due to uh, a bulging disc or herniation or a protrusion um, along one segment of the cervical spine or the lumbar spine. Okay. So, so what could be done to alleviate it? Uh, to alleviate, uh, there's a, you know, what we like to do is we like to do conservative therapy first. Okay. So, um, you know, first of all, you may want to, um, you know, the, you know, the, the doctor may prescribe you some, um, some anti-inflammatory medication that may take down the swelling, which may, uh, take the pressure off of the nerves 
or we may do, um, you know, ice obviously is, you know, a great thing to do to, to reduce swelling. Um, and then we start to look at things like uh, massage or uh, chiropractic, where you can actually align the segments um, and uh, take the pressure off the nerve. When is the injury ter in terms of a nerve injury so serious you have to see a surgeon? What's the point where you can't do anything further with conservative care? Well, if if I've if I've given the patient a couple of treatments and I don't see improvement, mm -hmm. um, you know, after you know four or five visits, you know, maybe the six at the most, if the patient is not getting better, then I definitely am going to refer them to um, to a surgeon or an orthopedic specialist or somebody who um, is going to be able to uh, do a little bit further investigation and be able to treat that injury. So is that just for localized pain or is that when there's a uh, neuropathy or radiculopathy? Uh, particularly when there's neuropathy. And um, if there's localized pain, um, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to describe a particular situation. But when sure. you see it after, after you've had enough experience, you look at something, you go, all right, this is not getting better. This is something that I'm not comfortable with. And I know that this is something that a surgeon would have to see or, you know. Okay. Um, but, uh, but, but, uh, you know, when, when I see a patient who comes in, um, I expect to see results pretty quickly. And if, if that's not happening, then I know that they're, you know, I've got a, you know, a team of professionals that, that I work with and I know that they're going to do a better job. So that's when I refer out. So muscular injuries, musculoligamentous injuries respond better to conservative care. Absolutely. Where disc injuries could, it depends. It's pretty tricky. Yeah. Um, and if somebody has a swollen disc, you know, it kind of depends on the complexity of the, you know, the condition. But if the disc is just swollen and inflamed, you know, the patient may have some mild symptoms. They may have a little bit of muscle weakness. Um, but if that goes on for very long, I don't want that pressure to be on the nerve for too long because that can cause permanent damage. So, you know, if the patients start, you know, continue to improve, then we know that we're making progress and we should be able to uh, get that patient back to, um, you know, pre-injury status. You know, physicians like yourself, you treat symptomatology, mm -hmm. not pathology. Uh, what does the MRI do for you? And how important oh. is the MRI result when I, I know, for instance, I have three or four blown discs in my neck. Mm -hmm. I've had two auto accidents and they're asymptomatic. I don't feel it every day. In mm -hmm. fact, generally, I never have an issue with my neck. Mm -hmm. What is the importance of the MRI? And how far does that go? And when do you need to correlate that with the actual symptoms? The MRI is extremely helpful because, um, you know, I could have a patient who, um, you know, they, you know, they have some symptoms, but when we see that there is an issue um, in their cervical spine, you know, say that they've got, uh, you know, a protrusion into the, you know, into the, into the, the spinal canal, then we know that there is pressure on the spinal cord and that does verify the symptoms that we're finding. So when I see that, I also know where the issue is. And that's also going to give me good ammunition to know exactly where to adjust, what okay. segments to focus on when we're providing ice, electrical stimulation. And then when we're actually doing the adjustment, because if that... If the person is, you know, you're standing there, you know, they get the MRI or they get an X-ray done, you're not going to see a bulging disc or a, a protrusion on a, on an X-ray, but on that MRI, you're going to see all the soft tissue, the damage that's been done, and um, and you can also see, you know, the structure of the spine. So if they've got like a a military neck, we call it, you know, a straight neck, we know that there's going to be more protrusion of that bulging disc back into the um into the spinal canal. But if we can start to restore that curve, lordosis, yeah, it'll take a little pressure off of the off of the disc and allow it to heal a little bit faster i understand like in, in well in particular spine injury cases your job is also to document the case for an attorney yes because there's a personal injury perspective to the case mm -hmm. when you're documenting a case how do you determine what's the acute 
versus what's pre-existing. So acute as in related to the actual trauma versus what may be pre-existing and been latent for years and could have been laying dormant um, or may have been symptomatic beforehand, but is not actually acutely related to the accident. That's so a, adjusters make a big deal about this. I mean to cut you off, but uh -huh. they'll often say, Matt, you know, those injuries were there for years. Um, it's very obvious it was degenerative disc disease. And let's get into that. I mean, mm -hmm. what is degenerative disc disease? What's the importance of acute versus pre-existing and how do we show it? Okay. So first of all, looking at the, the patient and determining whether or not there was a pre-existing condition, I want to make sure that I get a very thorough history from the patient. You know, I want to make sure that I've got, you know, uh, all the information, you know, if there were previous injuries or auto accidents, I want to make sure that I, you know, that I, that I'm aware of that. But then also that's why we utilize imaging. Uh, the radiologist is able to tell, you know, sure. um, whether or not there was a pre-existing injury or whether or not that that was more of an acute uh, condition. Um, and then also when um, we're looking at, you know, disc degeneration, uh, you know, you can kind of, um, there's a lot of testing that I'll do and you can kind of tell whether or not the, the patient has had more of a, you know, a pre-existing issue. But um, that information is just really good to have. It's good for the case. It's good, important for the attorney. And then I just like to make sure that we have all that. Uh, so you mentioned testing. What kind of testing can be done to determine acute versus pre-existing? So um, if, uh, let's see, if a patient comes in and they have, um, uh, and they'll say that they've had uh, like, well, I guess a good example would be one patient who had, um, uh, on the MRI, we could tell that he had basically compression in the lumbar spine. Okay. And um, he was also in a previous accident. And so you kind of take a little bit of the history plus also the imaging and then, um, you know, and then I guess a little bit of communication with the patient to kind of determine that. Um, if the patient said, I never had this pain before, you know, this just happened right after the car accident. Um, and then you do some orthopedic testing and you find out that, oh, you know, the patient is unable to hold his legs up without, you know, recreating low back pain. Then we know hey, this is definitely an acute condition here. I know that your job is to avoid surgery at all costs. When does it get to the point where surgery is necessary? What's the role of injection therapy? And when has a client basically, or I should say patient in your their clients for me. When they when have they exhausted all forms of conservative care and injection therapy where there is no alleviation of the pain and we need to proceed? Typically, if I'm working with someone and um, they're continuing to get better and better and better, um, I do want to I do want to work with you know uh, other individuals to make sure that they're getting the best possible treatment available. So you know maybe you know my extent of what treatment I can provide is you know limited here. But say that I have a person who has a very bad shoulder injury and I'm getting some improvement, but I know to myself, all right, I don't have prescriptive rights, so I want to get the inflammation reduced so that we can get this shoulder better. You know, then I may refer to the orthopedist or someone else who can do injections okay. and take that inflammation down. Next thing you know, now I can get that shoulder to move so much better and we can get in there and break up the scar tissue that's forming, break up the adhesions and restore full mobility. And that may be, a, you know, a good example of someplace where I would be limited on my own. And that's nice to have those other resources available. Um, okay. If we reached a point where the patient is not getting better, you know, after, you know, a week or two, if the patient has completely stabilized, then I know that that, you know, that's going to be no longer a, a situation for me to treat that patient. And that's where I need to refer out to another specialist. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. And there's a term in our industry called uh, maximum medical improvement, MMI. Yeah. What does that mean? 
So that means basically that the patient has reached the point that we feel, um, you know, we feel that they are, they've reached their maximum medical improvement. So the patient is about as good as we feel we can get them, you know, or, or where I feel like I can get that patient. So is that specific to the, uh, to what you do for, is there chiropractic MMI and then maybe there's MMI for, uh, a physiatrist or MMI for a spine surgeon? Is it, is it just specific to your industry or is it specific to, uh, just the patient as a whole that can never get any more, any better than they are? Now? Um, that would be specific to an industry. So if okay. I feel that I, you know, I've reached the point where I can't get the patient any better, then it's time for another specialist to, you know, to take a look at that because, you know, the way that I was trained is completely different than a medical doctor was trained. I don't want to say completely different, but you know, we have different, we have different approaches. They're going to be, you know, like a medical doctor or an emergency room physician is going to be trained a little bit differently than a chiropractor. Sure. So they may have some other tools in their toolbox that may be able to help where I can't, or, or maybe, you know, you know, they may be great at treating somebody who's had cuts and, you know, abrasions and things like that. Whereas I can treat, you know, musculoskeletal issues very well. Okay. What are some other common injuries you see? Um, I see a lot of sprains, strains of the neck, the back, a lot of shoulder injuries, you know, like right now, you know, I've got one patient who the right shoulder is damaged because when they got into the car accident, the, you know, the, the strap on the shoulder belt came across and covered half the body, but not the other half. And then the other person who was in the car, the other shoulder is damaged. So right. you've got a lot of shoulder injuries, um, a lot of, um, a lot of patients who get broken ribs, um, a lot of patients who just have strains of the, you know, the muscles, the intercostal muscles that feel like they've broken ribs, but it just hurts every time they laugh or breathe or, oh. or try to move. Yeah. Those are pretty bad. And, um, but it been a, but it's good to tell them, you know what, you're going to get better. And that, that at least provides some, some comfort to them knowing that they're going to get better. But, um, so other injuries, you know, definitely a lot of, a lot of, you know, disc injuries, um, and then there's, you know, of course, the radiculopathy. We get some people that have numbness and tingling. Sure. Like that. Is there a difference between radiculopathy and neuropathy? Or, Yeah. Well, uh, radiculopathy, I would say, is more radiating pain. So um, say if I, if I told you you had lumbar radiculopathy, that means you've got pain radiating down the nerves from the lumbar spine into the extremities, so into the feet or maybe into the legs. Um, but neuropathy could just be nerve pain. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different things that can cause neuropathy. You know, exactly. it may not be compression of the spinal cord. It could be, you know, it could be just, you know, nerve damage or maybe, you know, maybe you for one example, you got hit by the seatbelt and that caused some, some damage to the nerves, you know, around the pelvis and that can cause some weird symptoms. But so they're mutually exclusive. You could have both. Correct. Yeah. Or you could have one or the other. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Anything else you want to cover in terms of back and neck injuries you commonly see at your practice? Um, let's see. Not that, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Anything that creates, uh, which when you look at your patients, mm -hmm. what's your, uh, your biggest hangups in terms of what can a person do to ruin their case or ruin their medical treatment? Oh boy. I, I could give you, I could give you a good example. Do. Um, I have one patient who said, I have to exercise. I have to exercise. You don't understand if I don't exercise, I'm going to, I'm going to drink alcohol. And I said, no, that's not, that's not good. But, um, the person like that, you know, I, when I say you cannot exercise, if you want to get better, 
you know, that's uh, that's a challenge because, you know, the doctor says what needs to be done for the person to get better, but the person feels like they want to go do exercise or do things. It's the, one of the hardest things really is telling people, all right, this is a period in time where you need to let your body heal. Mm-hmm. And that way you can enjoy your life later. Um, so that's, I guess that's one of the challenges. Um, so I don't want people going out there and exercising or, you know, um, you know, or posting you know, certain things that they shouldn't. Oh be yeah. That. Social yeah. media just kills cases. Yeah. yeah. So an era of instant gratification, mm-hmm. and it's very tough for individuals to stay patient and see the case through. Yeah. Or yeah. see the treatment through. Okay. Yeah. And I had one patient who actually, um, uh, went running in a boot. He, he had to run. He was that adamant about running, but it was because he had, you know, he had a little foot surgery unrelated to the accident, but you know, it's, not smart though. No, no, absolutely not. All right, well, I think we covered everything related to neck and back injuries, at least what we could do from a non-academic perspective without boring the listeners. Yeah. I appreciate your time today, Dr. Hey, Rainey. thank you for having me. That's Ian Rainey from Rainey Chiropractic. How do uh, individuals get a hold of you? Um, they can call the office, um, phone number 727-314-2663, or you can uh, look us up on the web, rainychiropractic.com. Thanks again. All right. I appreciate it. This concludes the Dolman Law Group podcast. Thank you. This episode of David vs. Goliath is over, but your journey is just getting started. To share your story with us, visit dolmanlaw.com. That's D-O-L-M-A-N law.com. Or call 866-965-6242. The insights and views presented in David vs. Goliath are for general information purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. The information presented is not a substitute for consulting with an attorney, nor does tuning into this podcast constitute an attorney-client relationship of any kind. Any case result information provided on any portion of this podcast should not be understood as a promise of any particular result in a future case. Dolman Law Group. Big firm results. Small firm personal attention.